It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 4WIPFM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hello, everybody. It is Go Birds Radio. Once again, it is Saturday afternoon. A little bit of partly cloudy day, but uh, I would uh, be no other place than here right now, uh, right at 2400. 215-592-9494. Motion Kravitz producing this fine show. I believe one of Elliot Shore Parks or James Seltzer is going to join us at 2 o'clock because, hey, the schedule came out. And you know what I keep hearing, and you know what I hear every single year here, Moshe? It is the same record every single time, and I understand that everybody doesn't want to look stupid and they want to look logical at all times. I say no. That is not what today is about. Today, we we are getting a, uh, a schedule, obviously, that we have a lot of opinions on. It's a tough one. It's a first-place schedule. But I don't want to hear 9-7. and seven. I do not want to hear 10 and 6 because Moshe, every single time we do this, that that is the, the, the biggest answers that come out of the schedule prediction show every single year. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. And if you have seen and you have seen what the Eagles have done this offseason, it has caused arguments between you and me. You have thought during this quarantine that I've gone crazy. I've gone insane in my Jalen Hurts takes. and like, how could they possibly doing this, that, and the other? Well, I'm buying into it. Okay, that's where I'm at. And if I'm buying into it, there is no way that this team can win eight games or nine games. This is an 11-game type of team that is destined to – not destined. That's the wrong word because there is no destiny unless you're Nick Foles in Philadelphia. But they will be on a trend to at least be competing for the first seed here. Uh, and I think that's still the ultimate goal here. This looks to me like it's 2016 creeping right back into 2017. We enjoyed the three-year window, obviously with the Super Bowl being there. They've tried to put whatever was left of that Super Bowl team of the last two years in 2018 and 19 and just say, here we go. You know, this is going to work. And it hasn't. And finally they changed their mind and did something that I don't think outside of Jalen Rager, and maybe that was a surprise to still a little bit of everybody after you've heard uh, leading up to the draft that, you know, it's going to be Justin Jefferson the whole way. And boom, it's Jalen Rager. And then Jalen Hurts. And then Jalen, Jalen, Jalen going on in Philadelphia. So you either believe that the Eagles are completely stupid and mad 
And uh, you should be saying that this is an eight-win team, or you actually buy into this. And the, ten wins is never, ever going to be uh, in their circle. Nine and ten wins is not going to happen in Philadelphia this year. At least that's my prediction here, Moshe, starting out today. 215-592-9494. This is a different team. You know, we keep locking back into what happened uh, in the last two years with uh, struggling, not being healthy, their weapons are falling apart, Carson has them, he doesn't have them. Carson has proved everything he has needed to to be a franchise quarterback. Talent on the field, whatever it is, the injury is the only thing that we end up talking about. That's why Jalen Hurts ends up being here. And now you don't have to worry about Josh McCown splitting his hamstring against Seattle. Or if there is a cheap shot with Jadavion Clowney in a playoff game, you can continue on you know, the playoff run, the season, whatever it is. I feel actually more confident than ever that the Eagles are going to shock us all and be one of the best teams in the NFC. When I look at the schedule, I think it is at least somewhat set up to do that. It's a tough schedule, but as we've discussed over the last couple of days, I think it's manageable, you know? And if you're telling me that Dallas is so far ahead and they haven't paid Dak Prescott and we've been sitting here talking about CeeDee Lamb and how much better their draft is, and it is, it is, it's been, it's been that way for three years, 215-592-9494, but I still feel confident after putting all the pieces together, looking at the offseason, Darius Slay, Hargrave, uh, the mo- monstrous additions, the, uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? I guess it's not a-, a ton of different additions in that defensive backfield room, you know, with uh, N- uh, Nickel Roby Coleman coming in, with Will Parks coming in. Uh, Jalen Mills obviously is not going to play safety anymore, and he's going to be CB2. I think that's a pretty exciting defense. We asked for different. We asked for creativity. It looks like that that's what they're going to go and do. This is not a draft class that is going to come in here on short notice, try to you know, fit into the Eagles system to a T and Doug Peterson. Uh, none of that's going to happen. They don't have time to do any of that. And I don't. I was just discussing with Ray Dinger on his way out. Like, I was sitting here two weeks ago. And rebuilding an offense, a revolutionary offense, Taysom Hill on steroids, all of that was not in existence. And now that's starting to become part of the national conversation. Lewis Riddick is starting to say these things. Don't count them out. This offense is going to shock a lot of people. We've heard that over the past couple of weeks, too. I'm buying into it. And I don't think the rest of Philadelphia is. That's why I think this schedule, which we will certainly go over in a little more detail, 215-592-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. I am John Barchard. But this will be... Uh, 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 one of the tests of all-time tests because once this regular season happens, there's going to be a dividing line on if this is going to go well or it's not. And it's starting to remind me, Moshe, I keep saying it, this is like 2013 smacked in the middle of of 2016's offseason. This is Chip Kelly with adults and talent to do it. And it's meeting at the same head, and I'm buying into it. I don't know if it's completely true in my thinking or my theorizing, but every every time I have brought something up over the past two weeks, it looks like it's more probable than it is, you know, not. And uh, we're going to get into that a lot, too, because Adam Schefter had some pretty interesting things to say about how the salary cap is going to work over the next couple of years, especially if there is a big revenue drop in all of this. But 215-592-9494. Moshe, it is only two things today. Eight wins are below, eleven wins are up, because ten and seven or ten and six, nine and seven, I think is impossible for this team this year. 
Yeah, I've, I've got them 11 and 5. Uh, but wow. There's, there's some weird stretches. I thought you were going to be totally against me. So explain your reasoning. So it's it, it just it's mostly the way that it plays out. I mean, there's some stretches where they can really build momentum up, followed by some stretches where I wouldn't be stunned if they had, I think, two stretches where they lose three in a row. But I think I've got them sweeping the NFC East, and that's going to be a huge part of it. If they do that, boom, six wins. Man. You're more than halfway there. And the first time in in how many? Would it be 16 seasons that we finally had back-to-back division winners and it would be the Eagles that, you know, get that off the schneid? And, yeah, an almost sweep in the NFC East. Why is that? You don't think the Cowboys are that good? No, I think, look, the Cowboys' offense is going to be really tough to beat. But that Eagles' defensive front will give Dak Prescott problems. What makes me confident is... I don't think the Cowboys' defense is going to be able to stop anybody. <laughs> and if Carson Wentz c- can get this offense going the way that he did to end last season, I think the Eagles have a good chance to sweep the division. Yeah, we'll go through uh, kind of f- each four games by chunk here. But the quarter of the season, I think it's it's good to go over. And, yeah, in, in the beginning here, I mean, of course, every Super Bowl run begins against Washington away. So I already feel great. <laughs> Let's start there. The magical things that Carson Wentz has done against this team, and yes, Chase Young and Andre Dillard is definitely a problem, and it's clear to me that Jason Peters is coming back. I don't know why we're not just accepting it at this point. This is all about money. But will he be the starter? <laughs> yes, of course he will. He's not coming here to back up. He's not coming here to play guard. Jason Peters is going to be here. All of this is in my mind as the season continues on. August, September, whenever it is, you think he wants to go to Cleveland and just hang out and die for the rest? of his career no Jason Peters still wants a ring so why and he loves being here and why go anywhere else that's a good sign to me if Jason Peters still wants to hang around after Malcolm Jenkins is gone you got to deal with Alsh and I do say deal with Alshon Jeffrey he's not going anywhere but then you have all these young kids with speed you've got a little a lot of interesting draft picks on the defensive side of the ball I don't know what they're going to do with uh, the linebacker from Colorado I don't know what he is Okay, like there are three guys on uh, of who they drafted that I feel the most confident about: Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, Hightower. Pretty much it. Wallace too. Like I, I, I like his game. I'm just saying, if I had to pick three guys that are going to be make it out of this, it's probably going to be them. Uh, but all all together here, uh, you have you have Washington, you have the Rams, Bengals, San Francisco, and you know the the Steelers in the first five games here, and the. The only thing that I thought w- that threw me off about the first part of this, because we have heard this now a couple of times, that the NFL was going to try and have all the non-conference games basically up front. So all of the AFC games that they would play, like the AFC North, you would think that if they were worried about this thing not starting out, maybe those would be the first four games out of the shoot because you could cross them off. But some of them are mixed in. So that's been a big question, at least for me too, Moshe. Do you think that the league starts on time, or is this just – we're going to keep everything in place until we don't have to. Oh, I'd be st- – look, I don't know anything yeah, nobody to say knows. one way or the other, but I'd be stunned if we start this season on time. The Super Bowl will be at, – at the earliest will be late February. Yeah, uh, I think so too. So – and this whole thing about there's not going to be any any you know training camp or less time, I, easily no preseason is going to happen. I think that's 
pretty silly at this point, but uh, I, th- I still think training camps are going to happen. So it's not like these rookies and everybody else are going to go in completely blind. And just as I was saying with Alshon, with Deshaun, yes, I mean, it's not it's not perfect, but it gets you through maybe the first couple of games where, you know, it's veteran presence. And look, if Deshaun ends up making it out for more than one game, it's already a win. <laughs> you know, and there's many a whole, options. A complete game. Yes, yes. Marquise Goodwin is not really a replacement for Deshaun Jackson, but at least it's a veteran with speed that's there. You know, that's your Torrey Smith mixed with him, which is I thought that that's what they were missing last year. But adding this all up, and certainly we'll go through more of the schedule uh, as the show goes along here. 215-592-9494. I don't want to hear today 9-7 and seven and 10-6. and six. Get that out of your heads because – this thing is going to go either one way or the other this season. I, I at least think you buy into that. But show me. Show me with your record prediction that you actually do or don't buy into this Eagles team because I buy into everything that I've been barking here, which is easy to say. Believe in your own theories? Yes, of course. But there's a lot of you out there that buy it too. You buy into it at least a little bit. Maybe not in full that there's going to be this brand new college offense that just shows up week one against Washington. But to say that they're going to do the same things, because clearly they're not. And I, after you know looking at this over the last two weeks, think they have bet correctly rather than betting wrongly on this thing. I think the Eagles are going to be 11-5. and five. I do think they're going to be able to win the division. And it's going to be a tough road to get there. But this is part of being, unfortunately, an okay team with a first-place schedule. you got to do dramatic different things. Otherwise, what's the, what's the point? Like, you're going to go face different competition. Defenses don't stay together year to year. I think their timing is great. I think what they've done this offseason has been mostly positive and not negative. I'm saying 11-plus wins here. 11-plus wins, and they shock the NFC East. And I'm buying into that they are revamping their offense and they are going to show us something that we are not ready for. 215-592-9494. We kick things off with Ray in Morristown. Ray, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling Go Birds Radio. John, brother, you know, it's always a good time when we are able to converse about life and the like on the WIP. So I love talking to you. Uh, It's good to talk to you today. Of course. Listen, but we're going to have to disagree on this because – I've been listening to a lot of chatter over the last couple of days since they released the schedule. And I'm just trying to understand what everybody or a lot of these guys are looking at and what you're looking at and, and, and what Seltzer's looking at. Uh, what on this schedule, and you can go over the schedule, you know, after the conversation and please give me oh, sure. uh, your Absolutely. Of, of, of wins. And it's not necessarily uh, how this is going to play out as far as this virus can, goes, whether they'll be playing in empty stadiums or not. It's just the simple fact that the Eagles have dialed it in. Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie have told us as a fan base that they're not going all in this year. They did that uh, uh, during the season last year when they needed to make some changes by the trade deadline. They didn't do it. And they've had, a, I would say, a horrible uh, draft in offseason where they didn't make moves. They didn't go out and get players. Now, what was horrible about it, right? I mean, like, if Jalen Hurts wasn't selected, are we saying this is an uh, awful uh, well, offseason? Well, see, listen now, if, if you listen to me for the minute they sign Hurts, I don't think that was a bad signing. I think okay. they're telling you something. I think they're telling you that we need to ensure that our quarterback has a backup that's viable, that can protect us in the event that he gets hurt, which he has a track record of getting hurt every year. But my point today, it's not Jalen Hurts is the problem. It's what they didn't do with those wide receivers. 
They haven't replaced Malcolm Jenkins. You're talking about bringing Jason Peters, who should have been finished three seasons ago. He's not somebody that you can count on every week. What have they done to help Carson Wentz this offseason? None of these guys. You can't count on Deshaun Jackson. I wouldn't have brought. I was on record. You don't, wait, wait, wait. You don't. You don't think Jalen? I wouldn't you, have brought him here in the offseason last season. I said that was a horrible signing. I said that in July. You don't I think Jalen Rager helps though, Dre? He might, but we don't know. He's a what? he's a five foot ten, hundred and eighty pound guy. You don't know what kind of durability he has. And my thing is, there's more problems with the team than than just Rager. I want to take a look at what. The Washington Redskins have done. They have a new. They don't coach. have a quarterback, you've right? They don't have a quarterback, Rivera. right? It doesn't matter. Got, they don't have a quarterback. You've got listen, but you have, but you have to be honest. You have to stop thinking with your heart. The fact it's not a heart. That's just true. Who's the their NFC quarterback, right? Has gotten better. You of have course, better they have coaches in the NFC East. Yes, and you're talking about eleven and five. You're saying we're going to sweep the division? How I'm not. I didn't that? say that. I didn't say that. You're, Moshe sorry, said they were going to sweep the division. I don't think they're going to sweep the division. Right. But yeah, I'm saying, and, and how is that? That the rest of the uh, the, uh, the rest of the division just doesn't show up from COVID nineteen, and they just don't they forfeit the games. I don't know, right? That's more of a motion point, and I and I agree with you. Uh, like I don't see them. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth to get to eleven wins. You know, it's not like you're going to see uh, all of a sudden, oh, they ripped off nine in a row, or whatever. No, no, this is that is not going to happen for a long time unless they are uh, second or third place schedule and they get the same kind of. You know, a punch in the arm here. That's not what's happening here. What's happening, and I can't believe that they didn't say, and this is something I don't understand. Why Why did the Eagles not help Carson Wentz this season? I, I don't get that. They drafted nothing but wide receivers, you know, and because it wasn't in the second round or because it wasn't Justin Jefferson, now it doesn't matter because they didn't get the guys that we liked, and oh, boo-hoo. And, man, if you're not excited by Jalen Rager and at least some of the potential from everything that's behind him, because you can't guarantee on that. I, I understand that. But that's why over all of these different years, they have not been able to identify how to implement them into their system. And I think finally they realized, all right, well, you know, we can't identify these guys anyway. We can't identify speed and we can scheme guys open. And we'll just roll with that at least for now. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We go to David in Mount Airy. David, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio. Hey, how you doing? How's my favorite announcer at WIP? <laughs> doing, doing great, man. What's on your mind? Well, I got over the virus. I got sick. And I oh. was sick for about a half a day, and I've been fine ever since. And I'll be giving plasma Tuesdays this week. David, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad you're recovering. Okay, and I'm man. Sixty-six, and I'm a diabetic, but I take care of myself. I get a lot of sleep. I eat right. In fact, I was just putting a dish back in the sink. Let me tell you my perspective, and I'll be very matter-of-fact, as you know, I always am. Yes. And uh, I was on the advisory board when Mr. Brayman owned the team and worked directly with the general manager, Mr. Campbell. I was teaching at the time at Penn. A very, very funny story, like a long story short, one sentence. Um, I was very friendly with Tommy Kramer. Tommy, as you know, was a very, very smart guy that went to Rice and finished his career with the Vikings. And he and I went to MIT together in the uh, MBA program. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we saw a horrible thing where a Philadelphia fan hit a guy in purple and hurt him very badly. And within a week, I was on the advisory board. And in the Minnesota papers on Monday, it says, Penn professor decries Philadelphia fans. So that's my history. Anyway, <laughs> okay. let me tell you where I am. And I respectfully, and I really admire your thought process. And you actually listen to people 
unlike many of your colleagues. Oh, yeah, David, because I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong, and you're going to be wrong. We're all going to be wrong on this thing. I don't care, but I'm going to yeah. give you my opinion. Right. I think the Eagles will be very, very fortunate to be 7-9, and nine, and they might be 5-11, and 11, because I agree with you. It's going to turn on something. Yeah. They will lose to the Packers. They will lose to the 49ers. They will lose to Seattle because they don't know how to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> right. They will leave the Baltimore in an absolute slaughter because what they're trying to copy in Philadelphia, they already have in Baltimore. Very interesting thought there, David. I appreciate the call, man. As always, thanks for chiming in. 215-592-9494. Interesting that uh, David brought up Baltimore. Uh, Seattle's an obvious one. I'm never going to mark that as a win. But I, we will go over some of the, the turning point games of the season of what could make this 11 or less than 8 Yeah, you know, very quickly here. 215-592-9494. There is no 9-7. and seven. There is no 10-6. and six. Today I'm asking you, is it 8 wins or below or 11 or higher? What is more likely in this scenario heading in? And I'm a big 11-5 and five guy. Plus, Adam Schefter said something that is not getting enough attention, and it is everything to do with the Jalen Hurts pick. And I'm going to tell you what that is when we get back. 215-592-9494. I'm John Barchard. This is Go Birds Radio. It's all happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I don't want to hear 10 and 6. I don't want to hear 9 and 7. It's the most popular answer during a schedule release, and it's annoying because it's, oh, I want to look cool, and I want to say 9 and 7, even though I don't want them to be a complete disaster. Or 10 and 6, I, don't want, I want them to be good, but I don't want them to be great because then everybody thinks I'm a homer. No, let's define it. Let's define it today because I'm tired of, of, of having all these like, well, it could be, uh, you know, nine wins I could see there. and that. No, 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 no. That's what the Eagles have been for the last two years. So I get your thought process and all that. Why would you pick something else that they're not going to be? But clearly they are not going to be the same team, good, good or worse or, you know, for better or worse, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. 215-592-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. I am John Barch, and like I said, we will play a little Adam Schefter audio uh, that uh, pertains to the cap that I, for some reason, and as, as even the, uh, the interviewer points it out, can't believe nobody's talking about this. Uh, I'll play that for you in just one second, and I think it has everything to do uh, with Hertz and how they build this team moving forward. But if we're going to make a declaration today, I, I feel more confident that this team can get 11 wins with this very tough schedule with whatever they're tinkering with right now. That's what I buy. Uh, I wonder what you buy today after seeing the schedule, the offseason pretty much being you know, uh, all the major parts being solved here. 215-592-9494. It's good to Mark in Woodbury Heights. Mark, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio. Here's the bottom line here, John. Bottom line. You could have this type of offense and that type of offense, run and shoot, no huddle, blah, 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 blah. If you don't get stops on the other side, you're not going to win anything substantial. And you could say, well, the NFL's all about offense now. The Chiefs it won is. that Super Bowl last year because they well, – no, no, it's not. The Chiefs okay. won that Super Bowl last year because um, you have to have proper balance, John, on both sides of the ball. 49ers – Mark, real quick, do you think points. the 49ers are a great defense or not a great defense? They're a very good defense. Do you think the Chiefs are a good defense or not a great defense? 
I think they're good, not very good, but they're okay, good. What's the difference between the two teams then? Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes. Well, obviously, the 49ers defense was a little bit better than the Chiefs, but in that Super Bowl, which defense played better? Uh, I, I don't especially, Kansas City towards the end. Especially in crunch time, John. <laughs> in crunch time, yeah, sure. But you can make the argument for that, too. Uh, the Eagles yeah, defense John, played better John, in crunch time. but the, Of course they did. Did Nick Foles win the, win the Super Bowl or did Brandon Graham? That's, that's the okay, same question. Well, what about the Super Bowl after the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl, which was a novelty? The Eagles and Patriots. You, you still have to have physical, great tackling defensive players. And they didn't do that this offseason, you're saying? They didn't go get Darius Slay? They didn't go who's get Hargrave? Line, who are linebackers? Who cares? Who's linebackers, linebackers don't matter, Mark. Oh, that's it. You see, when I hear people say that, it's you true. Don't know it is about less football. valuable than running when backs. You say they are less valuable. Don't matter. They don't. It's it's it's, it's just, just a given, Mark. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard come out of a broadcaster. Why? Well, tell me how they matter. Tell me how they matter. Listen, tell me how they matter in today's game. You define it. I don't care what you define it. A, a strong safety coming up in the box. Um, a a a. Oh, okay. Well, Mark, that's quasi, different. Then they got they got a they got a million. Of, Mark, they got a million of those you guys need there. People on the defensive side. Mark, they got Mark. I understand. They have a mil- Mark, end, Mark, John? Mark. They have a million of those guys. That's what I'm telling Who's you. Defensive end. Uh, Brandon Graham and uh, and you've got Barnett on the other side, and then All right, so you're, you're going to have to figure it out. Good enough? Are they good enough? No, no. But that's why they think they went after Hargrave instead of the DN market because the DN market was expensive and crazy. That's why we're dealing with Clowney's still out there. Yannick Ngakwe, who's been begging people, to get off the team, is still in Jacksonville. Like there are still options there. When you're you look at the Titans yet last year, why they make their run? Just because Ryan Tannehill Henry. ended up being really great, and Marcus Mariota so, was hurt and stunk. Mark, it's not that hard. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. The fact that we are arguing about linebackers today, like what are we talking about? That changed a long time ago. There's no thumpers anymore. Luke Keekley was probably the last one that we were going to see in a roundabout way that can do that. Nigel Bradham was here kind of in a light version of that. You need multiple guys that can cover and hit people in the middle of the field. I don't care, just like Mark was saying, if that's a safety, if that's, you know, Will Parks, I don't care if that's Kayvon Wallace, but that's the new NFL. It's not about linebacker uh, DB. Those things are blended now. 215-592-9494. All right. This is uh, a decently long clip here, but but I think you need to pay attention to every single word of it. This was from uh, My Sports Update, and if you don't know what My Sports Update is, it's okay. It's a uh, really stupid Twitter handle that just takes other people's stories and somehow curated them enough to to get its own podcast and whatever. Who cares? Don't hate the game. Don't hate the player. It's information from Adam Schefter. Listen to how dramatic the salary cap could shift. And granted, he says this is just the hypothetical, but a real hypothetical of how much the cap could drop next year if there's no fans in the stands. If there are no fans in the stands this year and they've played the games, let's say they play 16 games season, no fans, that would mean roughly $100 million less revenue per team. That would be $3.2 billion less revenue, which would be factored into the 2021 salary cap. And the various estimates that I've gotten from various people, from team executives to club owners, is that the salary cap could be down anywhere from 30 million to 80 million in 2021. Now, you might say, well, okay. 
the NFL, the NFLPA, they're going to meet and they won't let that happen. And that's fine. Okay, I, I agree. They're going to do what they can to mitigate the damage. But if owners have $100 million on average, less revenue per team, they're not absorbing those losses by themselves. And they're under no obligation to do anything different because the CBA spells out that the salary cap for any given year is derived off the total revenues from that year. And if total revenues are down $3.2 billion, and it may be more and it may be less, the salary cap will be adjusted accordingly. So then it creates all kinds of interesting issues and situations. And if you're the New England Patriots and have two quarterbacks that aren't paid anything, then you are sitting in a great spot. If you're the Dallas Cowboys paying Dak Prescott or the Chiefs paying Patrick Mahomes a huge contract, well, you might be squeezing the rest of your roster. They might be squeezing the rest of their roster if you pay Dak Prescott, which if you have listened to me at all in the past couple of weeks and the fact that there is a possibility that Jalen Hurts could have landed in Dallas and they got to make a decision on whether or not they believe that the cap is going to be 30 to $80 million less than next year and factor all this in, doesn't that make Jalen Hurts infinitely more valuable? At $1 million? At $1 million, you can get a quarterback that's 21 years old. If you are the Patriots and you're deciding whether or not to – I'm just going to see how the quarterback you know, uh, landscape ends up here. I, I think that's, that's enough for me right there to understand this pick in general, in short-term and long-term. I'm officially all in on Jalen Hurts. And you add in what Schefter just said to the fact that if there's no college football season or a limited one oh, because weird. college football isn't going to huh. happen if the school campuses aren't open. That's right. Who said then, that? Oh, did did oh. somebody named John Barch oh, say that weird. at some point? That's so I'm, weird. I'm sorry. I was way over here. <laughs> but then, then all of a sudden, who do you want to pay? Do you want to sign Andy Dalton coming off of being the Dallas Cowboys backup if you're – the Patriots, maybe they had a bad year from Jarrett Stidham. Yep. And or do you want to sign for one or trade for one million dollars? Give the Eagles a second or third round pick for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, exactly. It's, the college <laughs> season and the salary cap are all combining have, at once. The, Come on, it's going to be the next season. Like this season will be weird. Yeah. Next season will be weirder. Weirder, even weirder. And by the way, just so everyone knows, Week 16, Dallas Cowboys, December 27th in Dallas. I'm already making the prediction. Andy Dalton starting that game. There is not going to be Dak Prescott there. That is that is Mike McCarthy trying to win the division, and he's going to go with the quarterback that thinks he is going to give him the best chance to do it. And I think Andy Dalton starts Week 16 against your Philadelphia Eagles in did, Dallas. Did you just say either you think that Andy Dalton is better than Dak Prescott? Or no, no, you no, think Mike no, 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 no. I said Mike McCarthy that. is going to think this is the best opportunity I have to win to go make the playoffs. I'm going to put in Andy Dalton. That's what's going to happen. Just remember I said this. Week 16. I'm going to cut that audio. Andy Dalton is going to be your starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. 215-592-9494. God bless us, everyone. I didn't think he was going to make it today. He is here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tom from Abington. Tom, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, John. How we doing today? I'm I'm doing phenomenal. Now, what's going on in your mind, man? Well, um, I actually, I called in earlier in the week, so it is documented. I had them at 11 and 5. Wow. So So you're starting the trend already. out here. What's that? So why eleven and five then? Um, just um, my whole my whole deal is uh, I think you can't overlook enough that the other three teams in the division have um, new coaching staff, new schemes, um, and they're not going to have a preseason. Um, so I I contend that the first uh, month of the season they're going to be working out a lot of bugs. Now this is yeah. 
you know, the Eagles got to take care of business in the beginning of the season for yes. that to yes. for that to take effect. Now, all that being said, John, I, I have a bigger concern. Um, I just want to quote one George Santayana. Not important who he is, okay. but what he said is, um, he said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Okay? So, uh, in the midst of this pandemic, we now have two counties in Pennsylvania, Central PA, Dauphin and Lebanon. Mm-hmm. They're going to open up this week going against the governor's orders. Okay? Now, that's just locally. And then you see all these other states pretty much opening up this week. Doing the same thing. Yeah, right. So, a lot of people speak of the Spanish flu 100 years ago to, you know, for a point of reference, it's really all we have to compare it to. Right. But what most people don't realize is in that pandemic, most of the deaths occurred in the second wave after they opened oh, everything interesting. up. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. And that these are facts. So I'm really concerned that there's even going to be an NFL season with the way things are going. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a... There, there's that concern uh, too, and you've got to fight this kind of window in between. You know, I, I, at least Tom, I don't think they're going to have fans, even if the season continues on, right? I mean, that's that's another discussion no, point yeah, that we they, haven't really gotten into yeah, today. That, but definitely will not have fans there. I'm just concerned that uh, you know, from here till September 13th, things are going to open up too early. There's going to be a second wave getting in the way of it even starting. Yeah, and and I think that's uh, totally fair there, Tom. You know, and I think that's. I mean, Moshe and I were talking about that. Like, there's so many things that are different variables here. Honestly, that's why I like their preparation in a lot of this. And Tom even said it here. Even if we don't get 16 games, you're still not going to know what the Eagles are up to. You have no idea what they're doing. Defenses don't change that much. And honestly, the ones that do, (laughs) what are they doing that much different? I mean, you've seen what the Cowboys have done almost every single year. They don't change their defensive alignments. Uh, the same with Jim Schwartz. Like, you know what's what's coming, and I think, obviously, we're seeing a shift in there, too. Uh, that has lacked talent there for a long time in the defensive backfield. But even in shortened times, like, how can you adjust to all that stuff? I know the Kelly thing was crazy, but it threw everybody off in that first year. That's kind of part of this contrarian football, at least that I'm buying into as a theory, to throw something at you that you're not expecting at all. Because some teams, you know, and I'm not saying they're just going to come out and run 100% tempo, but that's why Chip Kelly worked. Why would you even bother? Some teams don't even say, we're not doing that crap. We're just going to be on this. We're just going to chalk it up as a loss. I am not going to change my entire defense to to go around that thing of something perfectly, something that works perfectly fine when, you know, when this jerk doesn't show up and is running 90 plays in a minute or whatever. And then they figure it out the next year, and that's why Chip Kelly doesn't work. But... It still works if you're not expecting it. And to say, and forget the Hurts thing, you know, you might not even buy in that he's going to be on the field as much as you think that I do. But they drafted all speed. It doesn't matter if it's wide receivers. It doesn't matter if it's running backs. It doesn't matter if it's linemen. It's all speed. Things to, I I don't know. I, I just, I feel as though that they are trying to create something completely different to shock everybody the moment that the season starts. So even if, like Tom is saying, Maybe you don't get those first couple of games, and it allows you to at least work continuously. And I don't know what the NFL and the NFLPA are going to do in terms of being able to be at Novacare all the time to practice more with all of this. I don't know. But uh, there is going to be time to revamp your offense here. It's not like that this thing is just going to start September 13th. Do you believe that? Because I don't. 
So that factors into it too. It might not be eleven and five. As uh, somebody on Twitter, which you can find me there too, at John Barton. I apologize, I forget who it was. But they could be nine and three, and that could be the season at eleven games. Who knows? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. What I do know is that we all got to stop being cowards. You either tell this team is going to be bad or it's going to be great, because this in between of nine and seven, ten and six, it's the most popular answer of all time when we go through schedules. And I want to know what side of the line you're on. Is this team going to be bad or is it going to be great in 2020? 215-592-9494. It is John Barchard right here on Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Now, I've been accused of losing my mind once or twice, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that's uh, that's what's going on here. It is Go Birds Radio. John Barcher, right here at Sports Radio 94 at WIP. 215-592-9494. Say again. Moshe looked at me like I, 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 he didn't understand the reference there. He didn't, I was talking about the song, obviously. You no, know, I got it. Y'all go, I, I was lose chuckling. my mind. Okay, all right. Uh, but there is, uh, obviously, a couple of huge points in this schedule as we're you know, discussing all this stuff here. So I'm, I feel good about uh, 11 wins only because everything that I'm theorizing still has to work and they still actually have to do the things that I'm, that I'm thinking about in order to achieve any of this type of success. And I'm not buying into the, the philosophy and what they did this offseason as a, it's a, it's a time to be like, we're going to take a step back here. And they didn't say that. We just... I don't know. We we almost implied it for them, I guess, in Howard Roseman when he was discussing all that stuff. But, like, you don't trade for Darius Slay and Hargrave and all these other vets on the defensive side of the ball, which I actually believe is to stop week six. Week six is to stop the Baltimore Ravens because that's the biggest thing. And the San Francisco 49ers you could probably make that argument in week four to, you know, two weeks before then. But those are the two crucial times on did – Jim Schwartz also changed his philosophy, too, because clearly it looks like you have to. I mean, you have a, a lockdown corner and not really a CB2, or at least in everybody's mind. Uh, but I think Jim Schwartz is building something to stop Lamar Jackson and to stop the running game from the 49ers. And why wouldn't they? That's what Jim Schwartz has always preached beforehand. So I actually think the Hargrave-Cox thing is more about stopping that. Because if you disrupt the middle of Baltimore's offense and San Francisco's offense, it's clearly not as effective. And why bother trying to contain a guy who's just going to run up the middle for 15 yards if you're doing four verticals down the field anyway, right? So I, I actually think Jim Schwartz is, I, uh, is building his defense to stop San Francisco and Baltimore. And yeah. it's all it should be. I, I mean, the Eagles are facing some great running games, for one, and also three fantastic, well, one of them's potentially fantastic, but yeah. mobile quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and then Week 15, Kyler Murray with his new weapon, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So you solidify the middle of the defense, you bring in Will Parks, you draft Kayvon Wallace, you stack up the, as many safeties as you can so you've got a box presence. And you got to make sure I, that somebody can go, you know, uh, on the fly. Oh, crap, George Kittle's open. Exactly. So, so you can right. have those dynamic tight ends covered, Mark Andrews in Baltimore. You just call it, well, Mark, let's slow down. And he's, he had a really good year. He, did, he had a really good year. <laughs> dynamic. Look, let's not, not put dynamic. He's not Hell George of a ball Kittle. catcher. Right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But he's an up and comer. That, that's fair. But 
you know, there's you got to have a quarterback spy, but these offenses have weapons. They spread the field. And I think you're right. He's focusing on let's take the middle of the defense of the offense out. Yeah. Let's make them. Let's force them to the sidelines and let's make them work that. And hopefully we can hold up with the cornerbacks. Right. So the, to me, it's not really about you know Carson versus Lamar or you know Carson. Ver- no one Absolutely, would say Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo or whatever. But yeah, I I think that is all Jim Schwartz. That's going to be the difference in how we feel about this team early. Because the first stretch, none of this is easy. None of it. None of these stretches from L.A., which is from week two to week six. Uh, and I'm not just putting the Bengals to the side because we don't know rookie Joe Burrow. We've never seen any tape on him. It's three weeks in. Same principles still apply. I think that's a possibility of a loss there, too. And if you start to see these things, then that's why you know I'm going to be wrong. If you if they lose to the Rams and the Bengals out of the shoot, then clearly they're not. They didn't revolutionize any of that. Or what they did was so terrible that, uh, you know, that you were, you were right to begin with. But these are going to be the weeks in whether or not I think you're going to buy into it can be an 11-win team or not. Because you get all of it up front, and that's kind of the unfortunate part. And you're not done after that. you got a short week against the Giants. They're getting better, you know. Washington. I can make all the arguments I want, but the, the, New York has had three years to just be bad and get better with roster spots. It's got to turn over at some point. Uh, I, I don't think the Ron Rivera experiment is going to work out in Washington, but it's certainly going to be more towards you know Jay Gruden every year when Kurt Cousins and him were together and making the playoffs and being annoying always. They're always an annoying team. So that's part of this, too. And you know that Dallas got much better over the last couple of years, and that's when they were good to begin with. And, yes, they now have CeeDee Lamb and all of these things. I want to see how Dak Prescott plays out. I still think that's a major issue, one that could corrupt the locker room at some point if Dak and Zeke are really that much boys or Zeke gets frustrated or whatever. You know, that's all part of this, too. And just like we said before, Adam Schefter and that whole salary cap thing, if you got to start cutting away good players from the Cowboys specifically because of that, I, I don't know, but it's not going to matter for this season. So from the stretch from the Rams, geez, I mean, maybe maybe you get a little bit of a uh, uh, a light up at, at week 10 against the Giants, but then it's Cleveland, it's Seattle, Green Bay, the Saints, the Cardinals, who you're going to have to bet on if, if Cliff Kingsbury and that whole experiment was actually working. Then, like I said, you got Dallas and Washington to kind of finish it up. It's a tough schedule. There's going to be a lot of ping pong balls. But San Francisco to Dallas in the first chunk, that next four games from week four to week eight, is the season to me. It's weather and and John, yo, come on, man! They do this every single year. They 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 start out slow and then they get hot. Yeah, but they also, you know, <laughs> aren't as injured now. Finally, I think, and they are having a lot new of uh, resources and roster spots that are here. So, I don't I don't think it's you, you, they can't start slow either. That's the that's the thing is like there's too many good teams on this roster. Where what it's going to be easier as it gets along? Absolutely not. Um, I, that's why I think their thinking is, yes, we've got a plan for the long term, but mostly we have got to shock all, every single one of these teams to get ahead because we know we're going to falter somewhere uh, in the middle here. 215-592-9494 as we go to Ja'Cory in Florida. Ja'Cory, thanks for uh, calling the show, man. You're on Go Birds Radio. Man, what's going on, guys? I know it's uh, got snow flurries up there, but we in Florida down here. Hot sun's out. Got my little nephew out here in the uh, pool. He's having a good time. So <laughs> good, good man. I'm good. I'm glad you're making it through. What's on your mind, Eagles wise? Man, look, I feel like I'm gonna react to a couple things. The schedule thing. I think we're gonna. Go, I'm gonna follow my heart. I'm gonna say we're going twelve and four. 
Wow. Um, why why so why so confident? I mean, I'm even like I feel weird about saying eleven, but twelve? Why twelve? Man, look, because I think this coronavirus thing, look, training camp's gonna get started late. And you know these coaches, there's new coaches implement these new systems in our division, but some um coaches that we um teams that we play this year, they have to implement new systems and with us, we already know like our our system on defense. Offensive-wise, we're just breaking a little new stuff on top, but it's basically the same same principle, the same thing. Um, and I feel like our schedule works. It's balanced out well. I feel like um, we can beat the Saints. We can beat the 49ers. We can beat the Seahawks. And I like we have a bye week at week, not at the halfway mark. That give us a long week to prepare for Dallas. Yeah, and Ja'Cory, you know what's funny, out. too? It's just like I, it, it, uh, history tells us this is going to happen, too. The 49ers just aren't going to be as good as they were last yeah. year. It, they're just not. You know, it's, Super Bowl hangovers are, are pretty real. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with Jimmy Garoppolo and that hint of, yeah, we might have asked about if Tom Brady was available. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think that's a great thing for them for this year. I think there's a lot of lot of lot of baggage that they gotta gotta go through. They only had what three or four picks this year right. too. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think there's there's obviously going to be some teams there that we're thinking about are going to be great too that aren't necessarily going to be uh, at the top of their game. Uh, the Saints is an interesting one though because. I, I don't between the Seahawks and them, I can never really count on them to beat either one of them. <laughs> so they're, they're both losses for me. And just one more thing, Darius Lee is going to have a tough stretch going like from week ten to like week fifteen, sixteen. He has to face Odell slash Jarvis, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, uh-huh. DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, and Tarek Malone, and plus the playoffs. So I think we got to get pressure on quarterback. And with that, I think we should sign somebody like Everson Griffin. Because I don't know about the Clowney thing, because I heard a rumor that we, supposed to, we already made an offer to Clowney. Yeah. But with all this cap situation next year and the year before the cap is supposed to come down, I don't like that move so with the money and stuff. Well, Ja'Cory, it's interesting, too, and I appreciate the call, man. 215-592-9494 of how they are. Why, why is there so many pass rushers that are just hanging out on the market? I thought that was – Pretty interesting, too. Uh, I, I want to get into that. I want to talk to Nick on the other side. Keep going with the schedule stuff. But the clowny thing uh, in general, I think, is uh, a little odd in terms of just interest. And I think that the Eagles are just going to get thrown into the mix, as they always do. But I, I do want to get into the clowny thing, pass rushers, why it seems like there's not a lot of movement in there, uh, and take your phone calls as well. 215-592-9494. All happen on Go Birds Radio. I'm John Barchard. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia. Live from the Tasty Cake Studios. Philadelphia's sports leader and the home of the Phillies. And the pitcher. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Radio.com Sports Station. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is Go Birds Radio. We are here for another hour, y'all. 215-592-9494. And Moshe just said it, man. You know how easy it is to get to 10 wins on the schedule? You know how freaking easy that is? You know how easy it is to say nine? I don't want that today. I'm not looking for any of that. It's what you've been doing for the last two days. You tell me what this team is. Is it going to be an 11-win team, or is it going to be a disaster in eight or below? I'm tired of 9-7, 10-6. 
It is not what is. It, it, I, I get it because that's what this team has been. It has been ugh. It has been ugh. Starts to the season, but I, I mean that's still all possible that could happen. But looking at the draft, looking at what they did, uh, our arguments about Hurts and their usage, uh, Jalen Hurts versus Justin Jefferson, uh, a kid at linebacker that's not really ready to be a linebacker, and all of the other stuff that they did with Slay and Hargrave and all that. Like, it doesn't, none of it really says we're going to just chill out. We're just going to hang and just wait for this thing. It's okay. We're retooling, rebuilding, retooling, rebuilding. Even though Howie Roseman said we are always going to find an edge to be competitive every single year. So I don't buy that this team is just, maybe we'll just see what happens and eight wins is going to be enough and we'll reassess during a, no, 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 no. If we believe, and you have said this many times, Howie Roseman's too smart. He's the smartest guy in the room. He's this, he's that. Do you think the smartest guy in the room is just going to stop at selecting a quarterback? No. The smartest guy in the room is going to try and figure out how to take advantage of the same things we've been talking about. No training camp. Rookies that are, I don't know, going to be very much learning on the job. And my whole point in this is if you're going to do this and take advantage of it and have value with Hurts on and off the field, then you better be coming up with something different. And I can't think that Howie Roseman's just going to sit there and be like, yay, we drafted, everybody's dumb, and I'm just going to hang out as Doug Peterson implements this into his old system when Mike Groh was here. Tell me how that makes sense. Because it doesn't. There's new offensive coordinators here. They're listening to Press Taylor more. The guy that said you're going to see two quarterbacks throw more often than you're not in the NFL. You're going to see quarterbacks that help out your starter more often than that. I mean, come on. They've been thinking about this for years. This didn't happen overnight. I mean, that's the guy that dug up the Philly special that had the tight end throwing to the quarterback. That didn't just come. Doug Peterson wasn't just scribbling that down. Press Taylor did a bunch of, bunch of research, yes. dug that up, and he was like, you know what? We can use this as well, and they implemented it. Do you it. know how much different the playbook in 16 and 17 was? Dramatic. And all over the place. Because it had to be. It had to be. It had to. How do we... You know how long it took Nick Foles to feel comfortable in this system? Forever. We were sh- we were saying, should Nate Sudfeld start against the Falcons? Because we weren't sure of where Nick Foles was going to be. And then suddenly he turned it on. What happened through that process? You think they kept the, kept the same exact offense and the same exact principles? No. No. This is a guy that has adjusted his entire life. So I'm betting on it, Mosh. I'm betting that they've been planning on doing this for a lot more than they or it seems that they have been uh, doing this kind of overnight, essentially. I think that's what everybody's feeling is. I feel like they've been planning for this for many, many years. I don't know if I'd say many, many years. At least two is, is what I'm going to say. Because then I think we would have seen more of it last year. Not a two-quarterback kind of thing, but we would have seen a much more creative offense. I mean, Carson was healthy the entire time. Granted, they did not have the offensive weapons around him. Right. So maybe that's what hindered it. But I'd say the maybe some point during some point of last season, if not the day the season ended, they said, "Okay, we are changing everything. Here's what we want to start implementing. Yeah, here's the free agents to target. Here's yep. the here's the practice squad guys to target. Here's the draft picks to target. 
we've got to have a, a brand no, new system. Exactly, and I agree with you. Not like we're going to do this exactly at 2020 and we're going to unleash this at the yeah, same time. Yeah. It was just all those triggers that went, it's time to do this now. Like, we, you know, let's move on. We've got all these different coordinators. They seem to be on the same page with all this. We're obviously reestablishing our running game, which this is the other thing that I, 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 I keep going back to. Don't think that they aren't going to implement – a Ravens 49ers Eagles hybrid running game. That's why you went and got why would you not invest in Miles Sanders during this rookie contract? He's a second round pick. That's not cheap. You know, uh, uh, that is you got to get every ounce of him out of this rookie contract that you possibly can. So I don't think Miles Sanders is a workhorse during this whole time and getting that that magic number of passing attempts down to 30 or 35, which everyone's so obsessed with. That's very possible too. Like we've been so concentrated on wide receiver that what if they just run everybody to death? Have we not thought of that? Hey, I'm I'm honestly <laughs> waiting for them to bring in Carlos Hyde on like a one year, two and a half million dollar contract. Oh, weird! Another guy that I said, uh, oh, for the last two years that the Eagles should be bringing in. Finally, finally, Car- <laughs> and and if they do, then why wouldn't that make sense too? Because yeah, yeah. you already have Clement here, and you go, all right, that's enough. That's three. They're all cheap, but. If you got a little wiggle room in there for Hyde to come in, Sanders a, is a he's on the field. Defenses have no idea what's coming. Boston Scott and Corey Clement are your gadget play guys, your sparks. Right, and then and then I almost said Jordan Howard. Yeah, which, <laughs> uh, and Carlos Hyde. Well, the reason guy. why he's not here either, you know, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like it's it's part of this. He's too slow, even with the massive holes that the offensive line gave him last year. But there I, I, needs to be that one guy that you put him in and boom, you get that one yard. Yeah, there's Jalen Hurts there for that. And there's Carson uh, Wentz for that. No, honestly. You know, two one five, five nine two, ninety four, ninety four. So I I I just feel like we've been thinking way too one dimensional this entire offseason. And that's why I feel confident at least in the theorizing that this team is going to be a lot different than we give credit for, and we're all focused on they didn't take the white right wide receiver and they didn't do this and that and you know, they've never been able to evaluate those things. And this is their approach, I think, at least, of fixing that. 215-592-9494. And we'll get into the clowny stuff here uh, in just a second. I want to check in with Nick in Gloucester City. Kind of see how he looks at this schedule uh, and the overall philosophies of maybe the Eagles changing here. Nick, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, how you doing, John? How's your day going? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm just going back to your statement uh, a little bit ago in the show when you were kind of having a little dispute with someone about the linebackers. I totally agree with you. I don't think linebackers matter at all in Jim Schwartz's defense. We had Duke Riley and TJ Edwards making tackles in our playoff game last year. We made the playoffs with those guys at linebacker. You know what I'm saying? And TJ Edwards didn't play bad, by the way. Now, TJ Edwards has been a really good find for them. He's a fantastic linebacker for price point and what they need and everything. So that's, yeah, you still have to have talent there. Absolutely. Right, that's what I'm saying. And, like, we still have TJ, and then we went and got Davion Taylor in the third. And I like the philosophy that Jim Swartz is bringing to the defense. I like Hargrave, big guy right off the middle. He'll be able to cause some havoc and make it easier on our secondary. And then you bring in Slay, a guy that can improve LeBlanc, Douglas, Maddox, Jones, all four that need improvement. And bringing in a seasoned vet that plays that same position that they play is only going to benefit. Yeah, and there is some – and and again, I I think you know Sydney at least for me I was the biggest Sydney guy coming out of college like you know I thought he was gonna work out uh, perfectly 
Um, and there's this other thing that I've been thinking about, too, where we've been so focused on Malcolm Jenkins and the reasoning of him not being here is because he has a loud voice in the room. They want to make sure Carson has the majority of it. And I get all that, Nick. But do you remember what Malcolm Jenkins said about Sidney Jones or implied about Sidney Jones throughout like the last season and a half? I want guys with confidence here. And if you don't have confidence, I'm putting you to the side. You know, right. and I think that's a big, big factor in moving on from him because they still have to save anything that they can get from Sidney Jones. And Malcolm Jenkins was not there to really – it didn't sound like to me he was a big fan of Sidney Jones as well. Right, and then you still keep your other Super Bowl safety, Rodney McLeod, who bounced back after uh, injury, what should have put him back really, and it didn't even set him back at all. Then you bring in Philly Willie, the hometown guy. I love him from Denver. I think he's going to be able to produce well here. And then now you're grooming Jalen Mills in a position where – at corner, he showed potential sometimes, but he was getting burned, and you saw that number 31 mills a lot on the TV screen. So putting him back in his natural position that he played at LSU, I think the overall scheme of the defense is only going to benefit this season. Uh, and I appreciate the call, Nick. You make some pretty good points there. 215-592-9494. I don't believe Jalen Mills is ever going to be a safety. That seemed to me like they didn't want the word out that they were interested in Kayvon Wallace, or maybe they just wanted to say, we're just going to go get a, another vet. They wanted people to think that they were going to take a corner there in the second round, huh? Because that's why you're all yelling about Fulton and all that stuff that was going on. So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. 215-592-9494. Mills was always going to be CV2. There's no way that they were just going to make him safety. The starting safety for $5 million didn't make any sense. I mean, I... I would have if they had said this is he's the starter no matter what I would have been stunned but to just even just try him out there make sure that if they need him to they can play it yeah they can play cuz the past two seasons safety has gotten beaten up and there's been no depth I mean yes uh, McLeod and Jenkins were healthy, but then Sandejo got hurt, and Sandejo <laughs> hurt himself. Sandejo and, uh, after, and others, after by the way, yeah. <laughs> And so, what did they do? They overhauled the safety position. They yeah. went overboard in making sure that they have depth with Kayvon Wallace, with Will Parks, with Jalen Mills. So, if they, if whatever amount of training camp there is, if they say, you know what. Will Parks is a starting caliber safety. Yep. Kayvon Wallace is ready to contribute day one. Then they can say, okay, we don't like our cornerbacks. Jalen, you're going to start off at corner. If there's an injury, we'll move you here. It gives Jim Schwartz, if Jalen can at least adequately play safety, it gives, gives Jim Schwartz's defense so many more dimensions, I think. Yeah, and the... I, I think that the, whatever side of that ball is going to be, because teams are going to know that Darius Lay is covering your number one wide receiver no matter what. Doesn't matter. So what are you doing to confuse option two and option three? Uh, you're going to make Jalen Mills look like a corner and look like a safety. You're going to make you know Wallace look like a corner and look like a safety. That's where the positionless DB stuff starts to come in, and that's not a Jim Schwartz thing. That is where the NFL is going. And why not take advantage right now of the three-year window that you have with Darius Slay and make that so it's incredibly hard. Uh, we're just going to drop back in zone and let our four guys take care of business. You know that's what Jim Schwartz likes to do. You know he's blitzed more than he possibly could have, and he doesn't want to do that. And Howie Roseman said, I don't want any more deep balls. I don't want any more deep balls. Go behind the DBs. Fix it. And this is, I think, his approach to fix that. Is Then give me a lockdown corner, and I'll make everybody confused with the stuff I have already. Yeah, and if there's two or three in the box, you know, hybrid linebacker safety type guys, on the field at once, then Rodney McLeod doesn't need to take over 
the defensive role that Malcolm right. Jenkins had and cover a slot guy or can play in the box. Can stop covering zero blitzes, too. Exactly. He can just, <laughs> calling them anyway. he can just patrol center field, which is what they brought him in to do in the first yep. place, and right. he can be the one safety on the roster that has a strictly defined role, yeah, or, which will or, help everyone out. Or just do whatever you want. Like, yeah. You uh, are, like, use too. your instincts and do whatever you want. <laughs> that That is, and, and that... Certainly has to start changing here too. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four, and the one big big thing still missing on this defensive side. Which again, I can yell eleven uh, wins all I want, but I'm still. And Mark still, even though we disagreed about linebackers, he's still right. There's no pass rushers here. Not ones that you feel this is going to change the game. And I'm not. I'm not buying into the fact that Hargrave is that special enough, and him and Cox are that special enough together to completely also take care of the running game and the. And the blitzing and the, all of that. Like, you still need, you know, you're only going to face Baltimore once. You're only going to face San Francisco once. There's still a lot of crap to handle with this defense. And I'm perplexed as to why that the the defensive end market, which seems to be valued by everybody, including Howie Roseman, including everybody that has ever won a Super Bowl, is it's not hasn't been a, a focal point this offseason really on defensive end. They're just saying we're cool with Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, uh, maybe Vinny Curry comes back. Maybe we, you know, we, we tackle on uh, – and, and see, I've already just put away anybody that is a uh, uh, rushing from Penn State because it's just – it doesn't happen, you know? And for Sharif to be non-existent as a fourth-round pick last year is <laughs> – I mean, like, what are they doing there? So, Everson Griffin, we've heard, as a one-year win. Yes, that makes sense. I would totally do that. I, I think I'm all the way out on Clowney, though. I Unless it's in the middle of the year and you can only stand him for about seven weeks. At a, you know, like with seven weeks to go in a legacy season, whatever there is right before the trade deadline. Uh, if the Seahawks stink or wherever he goes ends up stinking, then I think there is a clear marker to go and grab it just like it's JJ and you're feeling the flow, and that's the last thing you need to compete because Clowney will make a humongous difference in the playoffs, and that is inarguable. It's just everything that he's going to cost between there and game 18, 19, 20, if you end up making it that far. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's worth it then, plus the money. And like I said before, the Eagles are already $50 million over in cap room next year. If you're if you're looking at uh, paying your quarterback and how Adam Schefter, when we played through the show, thirty to eighty million dollars less in cap room, I don't know if you can afford to pay one of those guys either. But I want to know why they didn't attack it either. It's one of the biggest things that the Eagles have always promoted. We have to have to have pass rushers. We're just getting through all this saying. Well, Jim Shorts can just rush four, but yeah, there's two major parts missing, or at least one huge question mark and a guy that's consistently getting older, and you're worried that Brandon Graham's going to fall off and Derek Barnett never you know, hits it and never gets there. So what are they doing, Moshe? That's what I'm saying. I, I what are they doing? Laugh, I was laughing at somebody consistently getting older. I've never heard of somebody inconsistently well, getting I mean, older. Well, I mean, Benjamin Button inconsistently getting older. That, so, you know ah, what? Fair point. Ah. You win that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean— Everson Griffin, Ziggy Ansah, 30, 32 years yep. old, 31 years old, respectively. Ziggy Ansah is not going to blow you away. He's not, maybe no. not, might not even be Chris Long from 2017, but those are both gr- solid rotational guys. Look at, you know, the rotational aspect to the defensive end position in 2017 was huge. Everybody was fresh all the time. They tried to run it back the following year. Yeah. It didn't work quite the same. 
Last year, they did not run it back. They had a lot of faith. Josh Sweat showed a couple flashes here and there. That's about it. We thought, it was it De- DeAndre Campbell or De- – Oh, man. I forgot <laughs> his name from oh, the Oh, no, preseason. no. Uh, um, sure. Oh, my gosh. It'll come to me, too, in a minute. But they did – oh, Hall. Yeah. DeAndre Hall. DeAndre Hall. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I was mixing up him with Devondre Campbell from uh, Atlanta. Yes, yes. Um, and, and then we never saw him after he blew us all away in the preseason. Which tells you the preseason really doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but we never saw him. We never saw him. We, but yeah. that one extra veteran guy who can give you six sacks minimum is so crucial. A guy like Brandon Graham needs a rotation behind him. Otherwise, he's not going to be great come week 16 against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 215-592-9494. So we got a Herbert in the Northeast also wants to chime in on Clowney. Yeah, what's yeah, the, what, what do you think the deal's going on, man? Yeah, my brother, I told you I've been talking clowny all week with all your boys. The morning show, the afternoon show, and Joe Giglio. And they all agree with me. Bring them on. But the thing is, it ain't happening. One-year deal. This guy's 27, and uh, it's going to take at least two or three years plus options. This guy's the man. It's his payday. He's 27 years old. It's payday. This is the NFL. The cap's going to go up next year, the year after. We got to get this team ready to play the Super Bowl. This is it. Uh, yeah, year, I, it. Next year, the year after, I want to see this team in the next two to three years in two Super Bowls. I know Jeffrey Lurie when he bought the team, okay? He stood right next to me in the bubble, and he kept saying all this stuff, all this stuff. And then he finally started, finally, once Peterson got here, they started doing things, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the thing is, it's time for him to open up that bank account. And and, and let it rock, huh? It's still done. It's still <laughs> done now because I don't want to see him, the Cowboys sneaking in on some deal or uh, the Seattle sneaking well, the, in. Well, Seattle, you know, Seattle's still probably the favorite there, Herbert. I don't see Dallas no, being able to sneak in with but, their cap, but – Listen, I, did you watch the 85 Bears? Did you watch Dave Hampton? Herb, you, Herb, that was the, okay. I, I couldn't not know the 85 Bears in my family. Well, Everyone lives outside of Chicago and right. it's obsessed. So, and yes. Buddy Ryan's defense, 46 defense, okay? And let me tell you, he took some people out in a few games, quarterbacks. Blood coming out of his nose. The body bag game, absolutely. And Herb, we know, we know all that, the toughness of it. I appreciate it. But, again, that's a time that's, that's kind of long gone. And here's the other thing with Clowney. How in the world can you justify telling me that DeAndre Hopkins might be too big of a personality or whatever White or Julio Jones, whatever they were linked to this offseason? Be like, well, you know, uh, he's got a big personality and we don't want it to. Do. And you want Clowney? So Clowney fits that mold somehow? I don't think so. My theory with Hopkins <laughs> is that the Texans wanted Miles Sanders. Oh, 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 but give us Miles Sanders and we'll call I, it a deal. I think, like, yeah, right, well, dude. I mean, look, they they clearly <laughs> wanted a running back because they I didn't think they that. gave up too much to get David Johnson. <laughs> so they were probably just looking for who they thought would be a great running back for their offense. And they asked the Eagles for their great running back. And the Eagles yeah. were like, no. Oh, man, the Texans are really just stupid, aren't they? They could have probably yes. had more with the Eagles if they just like, don't do Sanders, but we'll give you, uh, you know, 
We'll uh, give you our first round pick. Yeah, next year if you want to. <laughs> That's fine. Let's just do that. Yeah, 215-592-9494. Uh, you know, I, really curious on your thoughts with how they handle the pass rusher moving forward because it's light. I agree with you. It's light. Like, that is it is not a championship D-end pass rushing thing that's going on. To me, um, I think it's better just to wait this thing out. And honestly, I don't want Clowney here for the same reason that you're all probably thinking right now. I want to wait just in case Yannick Ngakwe is not dead. Okay? I would rather have all the resources shoved into there. I, and that could possibly be why everybody's kind of waiting on the on the pass rushers here. But 215-592-9494. We will roll your phone calls. I am looking for balls to the wall here. All right? Tell me what this team is going to be. Is it an 11-win team or is it an 8-and-below team? I don't want to hear 9-7. and seven. I don't want to hear 10-6. and six. I think that's all just foolish and cowardly. And tell me what you really think of this team. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. All having it right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is Go Birds Radio. All happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP 215-592-9494. So like I said, I think the biggest stretches that uh, will determine whether or not this team is actually an 11-win team. Is going to be in the first real eight weeks of the season, just like with everything else, I think. You have a – and granted, you know, things change. There's fluctuations or whatever, but you're going to know if if they are finally doing something different in their approach, honestly, in the first four weeks of the season. It's just the meat of this between the Steelers, Ravens, short week with the Giants. It's a division rival. Uh, Carson is still undefeated, I think, or 6-1 and one against the Giants all time uh, and has not lost to Washington since his rookie year, I believe, too. So those things are going to change at some point. And that's why it's ridiculous now that I see Scott chiming in on Twitter and all these other people chiming in. Moshe Kravitz sitting here just like, oh, yeah, they're totally going to sweep the division. I'm like, oh, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not get let's not get out of control here. But you were saying during the break, too, it's kind of interesting. They could still sweep the division and lose it at the same time. Yeah, right? the, Cow- the Cowboys' <laughs> schedule is significantly easier. They have a much simpler path to 10-plus wins or even 11-plus wins than the Eagles do. Yeah, and it's really just how, like, how much better is Haskins going to be? How much better is Ron Rivera really going to change that team around? Because I know everybody – and it's the same thing, too, with my goodness. Oh, this is the other thing Scott said, too, with Mike McCarthy. You know how bad Jason Garrett is? Yes, do you realize how bad Mike McCarthy is? That's not really an upgrade. It's just like a sidestep almost. And then you mentioned it briefly earlier of – What's the locker room going to be like with the the them Deck paying isn't Amari paid. Cooper? Deck Dak's is not, not paid. paid. Tell me whenever that has worked out, or you thought a quarterback was actually good when a team is having a dispute on salary cap and what your contract is going to be. Name one time where you're like, oh, I was wrong. You're totally right. This worked out. I'm so glad we paid the quarterback what we did instead of buckling at the time. And like they didn't, they're not doing the same things that Carson Wentz and how the Eagles handled that contract situation. They don't have to worry about it now. They can move on. They can draft guys like Jalen Hurts because they feel secure in their QB spot. Because now you're going to, one, it, I don't know. I won't get into that again. But all I'm saying is Dallas has a long way to go. In a fir- uh, uh, longer than I think we we look at on paper in terms of being a team and being consistently good year in and year out, 
I, I don't think Mike McCarthy changes that. I think a lot of it has to do with Dak Prescott and the but quarterback. This, but like there's the layout of their schedule and the teams they have to face makes it more likely, to me at least, if their offense is anywhere near as good as we think it might be. Oh, because the schedule is a lot easier, right? Just because the schedule, right? yeah, schedule is significantly yes. easier, in my opinion, at least. And that I, makes sense. But then the the Eagles are going to have to be infinitely better than Dallas, absolutely. And I don't yeah. think they, I don't, I don't know if they're going well, to look, be. But if they're beating the Ravens and they're beating, you know, like I'm predicting here, then the Cowboys should be right in that same picture. It's just they have had the Eagles number for a long time, and like until we see otherwise, I don't really feel confident in that kind of switching, at least. You know, in this offseason. 215 592 94 Dan in OKC is with us. What's going on, bud? How are you? Well, I'm doing well, John. I think you're losing your mind a little bit. Uh, well, of course. You know, you think I've been losing my mind at least for two weeks, but tell me, what, tell me why. <laughs> well, I think you're giving Howie and even Doug to an extent a little bit too much credit. I mean, Howie's had objectively one good offseason. Other than that, we have no evidence that he's a good drafter. Um, and I think you're banking on basically Doug and him as a team leading the NFL in some revolution with a two-quarterback system. No, and not I a two-quarterback system, Dan. Hold on. Let's get things straight here. It's not a two-quarterback system. It's just he is going to be on the field more than I think we're giving credit for, and it well, al- allows you insurance and a whole bunch of other things, not just one thing with Hurts. But but I do I think, think their their offense is going to change, Dan. It's crazy that to say that they wouldn't. Just look at how they drafted, like, and, and the amount of time that they have to get these guys ready. Like, if we think that, like I said, if Howie's the smartest guy in the room, don't you think he has a plan to how to use these guys almost immediately, or the coaches do? Yeah, I don't think he is the smartest guy in the room. I think he's a he might be a, a solid GM, but again, he's had objectively one good offseason. And I think I think this year, honestly, the whole like uh, new normal thing. I think this year is the year it ends because I think they're going to go seven to nine, and I'm perpetually optimistic with this team. But I just don't see it. And, what, and is what, it, what is it about this team in particular? Like, if you had to name the one big thing, what is it that is going to make them seven well, I don't and think nine? It's, I think it's several big things, but they don't have any proven. They haven't added any proven wide receivers. Um, the only ones they have that are proven are injury prone or old or both. Um, pass rush is not going to be great. It's only getting older. Derek Barnett was a miss. It seems like. I agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't disagree with you there. I mean, that's some of the things that. You're going to have to, you know, and, and glaring to me is the defensive end thing, which I, I don't think that they would feel comfortable with what they're doing going into it. Uh, and even if they are, I think that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> you know, so you, that's where you might be more right. But where I come back to this again is all of those problems were here for two years. You and I agree with that part at least, right? Like all of the different struggles, injuries, wide receivers you're not being able to rely on, whatever. So why wouldn't you just turn to Miles Sanders? Why wouldn't you create well, something out of that and like everybody kind of gets their wish a little bit? You bring wide receivers along, you deal with what you have in Deshaun and Alshon, and not to mention the two tight ends. Then you have a bunch of guys that can take away at least some of the middle part of the field where you're, you know, they might not. And granted, they got to catch something for it to be a threat, but simply stretching the field to get your tight ends and running backs open doesn't seem like that bad of an idea, you know, even if it is not revolutionary. Well, I, I think the problem is is all your best players are getting older. Your offensive line, Lane, Brandon Brooks, we don't know what's happening at left tackle. And then on defensive line, Fletcher Cox is getting older, and Brandon Graham's getting older. And I don't think they've improved with enough young players that are going to be outstanding that we know of to say that they're going to be Is Carson Wentz outstanding, Dan, or is he not? I think he can be. Then what are we talking about? 
Because that'll cover up well, everything. That'll cover up every single hole that you're... If you believe that Carson Wentz is the guy that you think he is, and you may or may not be semi-afraid of Jalen Hurts and what it might do to the locker room, if you believe no. that Carson Wentz is great, then what? why are you so worried about it? And how, how possibly, with a Carson Wentz fully healthy 16 games, only give you seven wins? Because we saw that last year, and they were barely 9-7. and seven. And I don't think they've gotten better necessarily that we know of. And they could have gone to San Francisco without a uh, without a concussion, <laughs> probably too, right? And a, and a ripped hamstring. So I'm just saying it's not. But but if you're talking about and I appreciate the call, man. I know we're we're on different sides of this. But if you're telling me that this is a seven win team after, then you really don't believe that they have added anything. You know anything significant? I mean, we don't. I I agree with Dan in terms of like pass rush, but Hargrave isn't nothing. Slay isn't nothing. You know, the guys that they got in the secondary aren't nothing. Uh, the guys that they drafted, and maybe it's just because I'm higher on Jalen Rager than everybody else is. I never wanted Justin Jefferson to touch this facility. Not once, not one time. So I'm happy that they went in the direction of, and this is something that we complained about, especially with Derek Barnett and, and why we don't like the pick as much. It's all about productivity. It's less about the athlete. And finally, they bet on the athlete instead of productivity. Everybody's mad about it. Jalen Rager is going to help out Carson Wentz more than Justin Jefferson is. In fact, I've already – and you want to get crazy today? I'll get especially crazy today. Jalen Hurts is going to have more touchdowns this year than Justin Jefferson will in Minnesota. Because I don't believe in Justin Jefferson, and I don't believe his fit with the Vikings is some dramatic, oh, now now they've really messed up. They've allowed Kirk Cousins and this big play offense that they just traded Stephon Diggs away for, and now we're going to place that with Justin Jefferson, and we're not sure if he's going to be able to play the outside or not. I, I don't buy into any of that hype because I always said, even before the draft, if Justin Jefferson is on this team, he better catch every single ball thrown to him because that's his best asset. It isn't getting away. It isn't the high point catch. It isn't running 90 you know, freaking yards down the field. It's volume. It's being open and having Joe Brady as your offensive coordinator. I don't think that that's what they're going to do in Minnesota. And if they're replacing Justin Jefferson with Stephon Diggs, what a huge mistake that is. That's not explosive. That's safe. That's a... As Lance Zerline pointed out, it's hitting a double and not going for the home run. You know, like I, I, we have seen JJ's supposed to be a safe pick, wide receiver wise. Uh, Jordan Matthews a safe pick, wide receiver wise. How? Where did that get this team to go anywhere? It didn't. You're looking for explosion. You're looking for the next Deshaun, the next Tyreek, the next this, this, this. That's what they did. None of those guys are all. All those wide receivers they drafted aren't going to work out. But one of them might, and I think that might be, you know, like my boy Hightower from uh, Boise State. He looks pretty good. You hate him. You absolutely I hate I, him. I don't. I just, I'm not thrilled with any of the wide receivers that they added. I mean, Jalen Rager, I like the idea of what they want to do with the offense. Right. But they drafted three guys who, to me, all have questionable route running, which some players are better at developing than others, and... None of them have consistent hands. I wanted a guy who had pro-ready routes, even if they weren't the fastest, and caught things 99 out of 100 times. That's what I wanted. I w- I'm not saying it had to be Justin Jefferson. No, but I mean, but like, to expect that to tr- transfer over to the NFL, like, it's nothing is No, no, that, you're right. You ridiculous. Know, you're, absol- you're absolutely right. It's especially in, like, the fifth, sixth round, you know, getting a guy like Quez Watkins. There weren't guys like that around, right. but— to take a first-round guy who has 
you know, look, he had a lot of quarterback issues at TCU. Certainly. But, but the drops are an issue, too. But, yeah, and it's not just like, oh, his he doesn't have great technique with where he places his hands depending on where the ball's coming. Some of it was concentration drops, and those can be tough to get out Given of a, a guy. What? <laughs> Given yeah, a crap. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did we just go through with Nelson Aguilar every year of his career except for 2017? Uh, the difference between that, too, is just, you know, I mean, that was true of Deshaun. That's true of every wide receiver. If you don't involve them in the game plan, they don't feel like they're – they're they're being you know and he's their franchise guy essentially at TCU he was their best playmaker they didn't really go to him a lot and coach admitted as much and yes the drops are going to happen but the difference in between Justin Jefferson dropping a ball and Jalen Rager dropping a ball is I know Jalen Rager is going to have a touchdown uh, more times than Justin Jefferson is because of his explosiveness I will deal with the drops if it means that this guy's catching seventy five balls. And only having four touchdowns. Yeah, well, J- Jalen doesn't Rager, matter to me. His drop might happen fifty yards down the field. Justin Jefferson might be ten yards down the yeah. field. Is the difference really? Right. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's go to Matt in Mayfair. Matt, what's going on? You're on Go Birds Radio. John, how you doing today? Doing awesome, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I got a little question about the schedule, uh, and I, I want to hear your take on. Sure. It. Um, so uh, I, I take it you're a. You're you're in the eleven and five camp, is that correct? I mean, if I have to choose eleven wins or eight and below, I'm choosing eleven uh, only because I don't think the Eagles have gotten enough credit in terms of I think their philosophy is changing, and it feels like there is a lot of people that don't buy into that right now. Okay, so you're in the nine to eleven camp, basically. Essentially, yes, yes. Okay, I, John, I've looked this schedule up and down. I don't know where you can get nine. Nine wins. I don't know if get eight wins. I, I, I'm in the seven-win camp. I really am. I okay, totally here, am. I'll, I'll rattle them off real quick. Washington, Rams, Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh, I'm at five. Cleveland, that's six. Uh, let's go Cardinals, seven. Dallas, eight. Uh, Washington at the end, nine. There you go. There's nine, eight or nine wins for you, Matt. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't agree with just about any of that. Okay, but. all right. Tell me why. Well, I, I don't – so, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say they're going to go to Arizona and win? Yeah, I, I, I chalked it up as just like if I had to pick uh, eight or nine wins, those are probably the easiest eight or nine wins that I could, I could surmise on the schedule. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run the table in the NFC East? Uh, not run the table. I have, that, that involves them splitting with everybody. Okay, so – okay. No, I, I think the season is going to boil down to those six games, those that at 49ers, at Pittsburgh, Ravens, Seattle, at Pack. Yeah, I don't disagree with it at all. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. I, and I don't see them winning any of them games. I see them going 0-6 wow. to that gauntlet. 0-6? Oh, uh, from week on one to week team. six, 0-6? No, 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 no. Between those six oh, games. Oh, from San Francisco. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Those, those two gauntlets they got to run. I don't see them winning any of those games. Man, and what is, what's, why is the confidence so low? John, you tell me. I, I mean, do you believe this team is better than the team that walked off the field in January? Yes, I do. Right now? I do. In what, in what ways? A bunch of unproven, untested No, people? because you're going to have I, – I, this is all possibility and probability, right? I'm assuming that Deshaun Jackson is going to be there for more than one game next year. That's okay. a big deal. Uh, I also really believe in Jalen Ranger as a, as a playmaker. I like their backfield. Their offensive line still is – banged up and injured and there's question marks all over it. I think Jason Peters ultimately ends up coming back. Like Those still things are there. And most importantly, we just saw Carson Wentz go through some of the worst crap ever that a quarterback has been able to go through, come out of it on the other side, mentally strong, relatively healthy given the conditions. 
I, I, that's why I feel great about it. Like, we just saw Carson grow in front of our eyes, and that somehow doesn't impress us at all. No, and I agree with that. He did grow. But let, let's face it, John, he grew in fluff. Those last four games last season, or the three, it was a four, that he had to run the table on. Come on, John. Oh, no, and it's not just four games, Matt, and I appreciate the call. I understand where, like, man, I, I can't find nine wins on the schedule. I can't find seven wins on the schedule. I'm not talking about the last four games. I'm talking about the whole season, the whole season and everything that went through to that. Carson just – I don't need to tell you the whole Nick Foles saga. Two years of that. Two years of dealing with a major injury and then another major injury back-to-back. You get paid. You have, and remember when I said there's no pressure on Carson Wentz last offseason? Well, there was a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> there was a ton of pressure on him. He had to perform. He had to get this team to the playoffs. All well, we're yelling, Dallas Goddard's going down. Alshon Jeffrey hates him. Malcolm Jenkins is pissed about his contract. Everyone's taking the ego. I did this. I did this. We're the reason why they won the Super Bowl. Shtick for two years. They didn't help him. They, they went to Mike Groh instead of getting any type of decent offensive coordinator after that. It it clearly was not creative. It didn't help Carson. And and you saw that. You saw the development of wide receiver. Everything that that guy has been through since he has been here. And you're telling me he cannot lead a team that has some possible upgrades on it from what you saw last year to a better record. In fact, 11 wins on the season. Seems to me that the whole reason that everybody doesn't like this uh, whole schedule, roster, whatever. They've somehow lost faith in Carson Wentz in the six weeks that it took from you know the clowny hit to where we are now into the offseason and talking about all these different guys. Carson Wentz can lead this team to 11 wins. So you might not agree with all of the things I'm saying, but I believe in that guy at quarterback for this franchise for the foreseeable future. 215-592-9494. We will take your phone calls, wrap things up, say hello to Rob Ellis, and do a whole bunch more on Go Birds Radio. It's all happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is Go Birds Radio. All happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP 215-592-9494 is how you get in. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good exercise today, everybody. You know, and it really is on the line there. And it just it just feels like the majority of people are really in, you know, eight or below camp here. And if I'm telling you to eliminate, you know, the, the, the nine and seven prediction or the ten and six prediction, like there is, it's been very seldom to hear like, yeah, there's no way that they can get over ten wins. And listen, I, I don't, I don't expect it to feel any any different over what's happened the last couple of years. Vegas win total over under nine and a half for the season. So you know, it's it, it's right in line with what everybody's thinking. I just feel that we are are making it so defined. On this offseason was so disastrous. And it really just revolves around that second round pick, at least in my opinion. Because if that's another wide receiver or if that's a corner, then I think people start talking a little bit about what are they going to do differently. How does this, you know? But because Hertz is here, it throw it's thrown everyone off from some of this great stuff that they did do with Slay, with Hargrave. Like we you and I both agree those were was it really good moves or like good, good enough in process? It might not be in results, and that's the, the beauty of sports. We could all be right today, and we're all going to be wrong once the field uh, or once everybody's on the field here, obviously. But um, I, uh, I think that the Eagles were on to something a couple of years ago, 
to say that that they weren't thinking of maneuvering their offense at some point to get better for Carson, you know, as opposed to an offense that is more tailored to Nick and Carson over the last two years. And that's what you saw this year, right? You saw a an offense that wasn't really tailored to him, that his weapons were bad, that there was tons of injuries, and he still made it through. So what happens when you change your offensive philosophy to fit your quarterback a little better? Rolling out, getting him a better running game. All of these things help out your quarterback. The things that he's asked for have done this. Get him speed. You know, uh, don't allow him to – because he's not going to throw in tight windows, guys. He's just not. He's not, unless he's on the run. So, I don't know. I I think we have missed this completely. They are catering to Carson Wentz, and they are catering to making him as lethal as possible during this offseason of scheming speed open and having a a fantastic run game to go along with it. 215-592-9494. As we go to Max in Allentown. Max, what's going on, man? What's on your mind? Hey. Hey, with all due respect, I'm completely opposite end of. Uh, That's okay. Era. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're an Eagles fan, so like, I'm not going to hold it against you, obviously. But I, I just think we have to be realistic here, and I'm going to give you a few points. Sure. That I want you to mull over. Um, this offensive line is aging. It's, uh, it, it has a revolving door that's named uh, Dillard on the left side. The guy can't play. You know, he's he's a flat out bust. And if you have to get excited about Jason Peters coming back, then uh, I think that's... Well, I'm not excited about it. I'm just telling you what's going to happen, Max. And that's been true ever since they made it. Jason Peters is coming back here. Yeah. It's going to happen because Howie Roseman, he is um, so dysfunctional as a GM. This whole thing is is reminding me (laughs) of... Oh, here we go. Hey, hey, guess what, Max? Every front office is dysfunctional. Every single one of them. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Even the good ones, they're so dysfunctional. No, they're not. They're professionally run. Believe me, I, you know, as a professional... You don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are professionally run in their front office? No, I know that for a fact. They're very dysfunctional, and there's ex-employees that would uh, concur with that statement. Washington, Dallas, uh, and the Giants are all respectable, normal front offices. No, Washington has issues. What are you talking about, Max? It's the one of the worst in the league. The same, we all make fun of Gettleman. Right. That guy's so seven years behind. Washington. Let's not talk about. I'm going to talk about the Eagles right now. Howie Roseman, in his uh, tenure, in, in over ten in ten years, has uh, won eleven games one time. That was in the Super Bowl year, thirteen games. That's it. Max, you got to give me something better than he hasn't drafted well. And like this is all old hat, man. You got to come with something new yeah. here. Doesn't have he doesn't have an understanding of a personality in the locker room, and Malcolm Jenkins being gone is going to matter a whole lot. There's a lot it does of matter. guys that doesn't match on this team. Yeah, and when you have soft guys like Sidney um, uh, Jones and Dillard, do you think Will Parks guys, is a soft guy? Do soft, you think Darius Slay is a soft guy? Darius Slay is a soft guy because Darius Slay is a help. Max. You've lost all credibility, man. I mean, I know you're tr- you're trying to call me a homer, and and let me just say this: first and foremost, doesn't matter what side I'm on. It all matters where the wave is. The wave right now does not like the draft, does not like the direction of the Eagles. I say what I want to say. All right, I I was the same way that you were the moment that Hertz was picked, and I went, what? on earth is happening, do they really believe in Carson Wentz or not, or is he retiring or whatever? But once you get over that and realize that that's not happening here and dive in a little more, I don't think it's as crazy to say that they're on to something new and better as opposed to, well, they're just going to keep doing the same things over and over again, and this process was just really about fitting all the stuff they were doing over the last two years you know, into what they're doing now. It doesn't make any sense to me. You draft 
speed uh, all over the place. You uh, make sure that you have components or people f- from like the Ravens and 49ers to see how the run game works, to you know how it stops. To I-, I don't know. There is a lot of philosophical shift from what we have seen Howie Roseman and the Eagles do. That's why I'm going to let, I guess, we'll call it the optimistic side, Rob. I will say that there's a better chance that they have a shot at 11 versus eight wins this year, only because I think we've completely misunderstood what they are doing this offseason. I don't think there's any question that this is a concerted effort and they they don't like the way the last two years went. Like I think they realize... And they might be wrong on it, too. Yeah, it may not so, work. I'm, but, not, I'm not saying but that either. they're trying something, and I think they realize since 17 their offense hasn't been dynamic. Some of that is injuries. There's no denying that. But some of that, I think, is they got a little predictable, a little stale, and they got a little slow. And they also realize they didn't have backup plans when their speed went down two straight years. Whether it was, we go back to Wallace. The, oh, yes, for here. two weeks. You forget yeah. he's even here. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. then Deshaun. And there wasn't anybody behind them, if the, if those guys went down, that could hit a home run. And they also watched their defense, and how we reference this, give up home runs left and right. That's right. So when you can't hit one and the other team is doing nothing but knocking it out of the yard... Those things There's going to be stop. an effect there on <laughs> yes. you. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why they've decided to go this direction. Now, it's one thing one thing to draft uh, you know, a team of track stars. It's another thing for them to be able to play football, too. Correct. That's what we're going to find out about. But they're trying something. Yeah, and uh, I, I've said this to you many times, Rob. Uh, you, you gotta, if you know you're going to have a limited offseason with rookies and you know wide receivers have struggles uh, in the NFL competing in year one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to simplify that process too. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I would assume you're going to scheme all of the speed to be open, and hopefully they don't drop ninety balls on the way to go right. and doing it. You know it, what? So. That's a good point. Yeah. The other thing has to happen is the guys have to execute. It's it, yep. You can only do so much as a coach in an organization to put a guy in a position to succeed. And there were even despite all the slowness and everything we just talked about last year, guys didn't make plays. Plain Very true. Yeah. We could go back to Aguilar against Atlanta. We go back to Whiteside uh, against Detroit or Goddard against Detroit, whatever. We go back to those games. That's the reason why you were in part of the hole that you were in, because early on in very winnable games, the guys didn't make plays. That's it's, right. It's that simple. Yeah. You yeah. know, we can we want to blame a coach and an owner and a GM all we want. Players make plays. And the other thing that is uh, really bothering me throughout this process, how important the Eagles value pass rushers. Yeah, doesn't seem like they they didn't touch it really in the offseason. You can argue Hargrave, that's fine, but on the edge is where it matters still to this day. I, I what are they doing there? It's funny you bring that up, <laughs> you know? and I swear we haven't even talked about this. But one of the things I'm going to ask is for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl, what mm. needs to happen for me? And I'll expand on this one. Absolutely, the it's consistent pass rush. If they don't get a consistent pass rush, what's their philosophy? It feels to me like you're depending a hell of a lot on Derek Barnett, and I really loved him coming out. But he's there's no denying it's been a disappointment, whether he's been hurt yeah. or just okay. He hasn't been awful, but he's been eh. And he can't be eh. And they're counting on him to deliver. Now, I know they're going to move Jackson outside sometimes, and they can play around. And they, they ultimately view it as pass rush in the middle is the best kind of pass rush when you're in a guy's face and he yes. can't climb the pocket. Yeah, I get that. But at some point, your ends have to be a little bit more consistent. Brandon came on at the end of the year. Now, early, I know he was a little banged up and coming off the injury. Understandable. But there I I don't I'm with you, John. If there if there's an area, there's a couple areas I didn't quite understand what the direction was, you should have bolstered that a little bit more than you did. Yeah, which the, means maybe something else is coming. Right. Yeah, and that's true too. But like the, all the emphasis on trenches and I and I get that they 
you know, got a couple of tackles in the draft. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it, it just seems like they've been pretty light on it altogether. And this is the, the other thing I wonder, too, is just are they building a defense? Because this is what I surmise. Maybe they went to Hargrave because they want to stop San Francisco and Baltimore and Dallas's running game. But you still have to. There's still all those other still, pass happy yeah, teams. It's still are out a there. passing league. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm I'm with you. Like, it's great if you shut those guys down. But ultimately, you know, teams, you know, their their bread is buttered throwing the ball in this right. league now. So you better be able to get home. And if you're not, and the other part of this thing is be, when you have a team that, despite Slay, which I think was a great move, you're so littered with question marks. We're assuming Jalen Mills can play safety. We're I don't assu- think he is, by the way. Well, or maybe not, or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Right. He's back yes. at corner. Who's your other safety? You know, we're assuming that in some capacity, like one of the other corners is going to step up either in a slot role or on the outside. We're making a lot of assumptions. The best way to to make that transition easier on these guys is to get home on your pass rush. If you're not, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter if Slay's back there or anybody else. So that, to me, is the key to this whole thing. It's a little puzzling why they weren't more proactive at that position. I thought at least there would be a relatively high draft pick. Not really, yep. like Casey Tuhill or whatever. Yes. That, you know, I'm not <laughs> another tweener that. that's not going to make the team. Sweet, yeah, yeah. He probably should be in a three-four. Right, I'm not counting that. So I well, don't. Joe, Joe Osman, I forgot about him. I, you know, he was supposed to be the next. Uh, next, that's right. And maybe they're just counting butter. on somebody who didn't get it done last year. Yeah. getting it done. I, I personally think, as we're we're tossing it to you, Rob. They simply just can't afford any of these guys. Well, that too. I think there's such a roadblock. That I heard we're not... you discussing this. The biggest misnomer is they're in they're in great shape cap. Uh-uh. They're not in great shape. Terrible cap, cap shape. And even if the cap doesn't go berserk, which it might next year, you're you're still in a tight spot, which means there's going to be significant change after this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rob has got you obviously the rest of the way. That's a man. That's a great question to uh, to ask because that fits right into what we were talking about today. Appreciate everyone hanging out. Uh, with me on Go Birds Radio. Uh, stay on the line for Rob 215-592-9494. Thank you to Moshe Kravitz. Uh, me and uh, James and Elliot will have many, many podcasts coming up, so at Go Birds Pod. But keep it locked in right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.